Today's guest is my new friend, Matt Boudreau. Now, this guy's bio is too big and too amazing to even say it all, but he's a keynote speaker, a consultant, and a coach to organizations around the world. He's a two-time featured TEDx speaker, and he was named Corporate Trainer of the Year at Stanford University. He's spoken over 250,000 people across the world, and I'm so grateful he took an hour out of his day to sit down and talk with me. What pulled me in about Matt was actually that he's the founder of the Apogee Strong Foundation, and and it's about helping young men realize that, you know, they really are heroes. And he's helping these boys transition into manhood, and he also mentors fathers. Pretty mind-blowing. He was an educator that went and realized the educational system he wants no part of it. And he started a movement around home education, not homeschooling. And as he'll show you, there's a really big difference. Please enjoy this conversation with a very powerful man centered in his heart with a deep passion to take care of his family and yours. You always start with you. That's what people don't want to hear. They want to start with what do I do to the kid, right? What do I do to them? Well, the best thing you can do to them is to make the environment right. Always, I liken it to you're growing a you're growing a flower, and if you are growing a flower, you don't have to do a bunch of things to the flower, yell at it, beat it, make sure that you don't do that. You make sure the soil is right. You make sure the amount of water is right, not too much, but enough. You make sure the sunlight is correct. You make sure there's no weeds around, and the flower is going to grow. The flower is going to do exactly what a flower is supposed to do. So you, as a parent, are responsible for the environment that that flower is growing in. You are part of that environment. So you need to make sure you have got you together. What is your chief definite aim for moving yourself forward? What is the thing that would be the biggest game changer for you? Is it I need to make more money? Is it I need to get my relationship with my spouse dialed in? Is it I need to get my health back on track and lead by example that way? Uh, What is that chief definite aim for you? So start there, lead by example, and then just invite your kids to watch and to come along with you. Welcome to the Strong Man Podcast with Dr. Rimka, one mom's quest to support her son through his rites of passage and becoming what I hope is a man of courage, resilience, and compassion in a world seemingly gone mad. Matt, we've never met. Correct. You are the first guest that I've had that actually, I would say, qualifies as a parenting expert, or at least is you know, claiming to be, right, sells courses, has has actual a parenting program, has a um, child teenage mentorship program. So you actually are in the field of what I'm discussing. Thus far, I've been just interviewing all these great men, most sure. of whom I personally know and who I deeply respect. I consider them um, of strong character, of strong morals, of strong value and ethics in my life. And they're the kind of men I want my son to be around and emulate and hopefully be like one day when he grows into his complete manhood, right? Um, And then there's been some I've been seeing you've, I've watched, and I got introduced to you kind of through Danny Vega, who is one of those, you know, I think was my first guest on the show. And Danny is uh, today's his birthday. If you didn't, know I know. I was like, we were kind of, both the same kind one. of uh, yeah, kind of serendipitous. Yeah, it really is perfect. Yeah. So you know, I respect him. I started following you and watching your stuff, 
And I got to tell you, I love it. It's beautiful. And I haven't taken, I have been looking at your things going, I want my son to take his course. Mm-hmm. I want my son to be mentored by this guy and these kids. You know, I want him to be part of that community. So that's already telling, although he isn't yet. And I've now gone and researched you a little bit and what you were about and how you were in education administration and how you've kind of gone in this homestead life, mm-hmm. um, which I want you to talk about and share sure. with people because it's an interesting journey, this thing that we're dealing with right now with raising children. And particularly, I never thought I would, my place in life was going to end up kind of in the defense of men mm-hmm. in, at all, right? Mm-hmm. I considered myself some kind of radical feminist and all kinds of activists and things or whatever, sure. thinking I had to defend my rights of equality and raising a boy. Um, it's been an interesting eye-opening experience looking yeah. at what he's going through and me trying to learn his experience. And it's been a very different time. You know, I was born in the seventies and this is 2023 and it's some strange times out there Yes, ma'am. Um, with what boys are dealing with and what men are dealing with. And at times I hear things. And as a mother, I get offended on behalf of him, <laughs> of his future self, sure. you know? Sure. And I'm like, no, no, no. We need to start setting the record straight a little bit and supporting these boys. They seem to be a forgotten almost. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I get it, the, 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 the weaker, seemingly more vulnerable girls and women, and the boys have taken a, they've gotten cast off to the side, and it's really not done well for them. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted you to, you know, yeah. I, I'm fascinated to hear what you have to say. I want you to please explain everybody kind of who you are, because you do have probably the most um, specific background to this podcast, which has turned into somewhat of a parenting podcast. Which is kind of exciting. Yeah. And I, and I always, you know, I want to make sure I'm acknowledging super kind words up front too. And I will always tell anybody and everybody, I am far from an expert on anything. What I will say is uh, I've done a very good job with obsessing over pattern recognition in fields that I'm interested in. And so in that regard, I think sometimes I have been able to notice patterns and I can help share those. I've tested those and gone to war with my own ideas in my own home, made mistake upon mistake upon mistake. And I'm always open enough and willing enough to change my mind when better evidence is presented, right? And so that's the way I take everything, which I believe has gotten us to a really good place in my own home, in terms of the relationships I have with my my own kids, in the educational programs that I've started, um, as well as, you know, when I've been able to share that with people all around the world, there's been progress made. So I will say it's there. I know I still always have a lot left to learn. And hey, by the way, that's all of us until the day we die. So that said, um, yeah, the the kind of high level uh, of it all is, is, you know, kind of what you said, education um, was actually at Stanford for, for quite a while um, where I first started to realize the game of school and I always refer to it as a game. I, well, I refer to it as either a game or a cult. Um, and, and again, that's no disrespect to the teachers in those systems. There are good humans in those systems and I very much support them. Uh, I'm very much against the systems themselves because I don't believe they're designed for the ultimate human experience. So, um, 
started at Stanford, went into schools, uh, was a public school teacher, public school admin, private school teacher, private school admin. It's why I left all of those to then start campuses of my own because I had my own children and I saw the game and I knew that that's not what I wanted for them. I knew that I had been really good at the game, but it hadn't served me even being good at it. I got straight A's all through school, all through elementary school, all through high school. And again, it was more about pattern recognition. I saw how to get the A, but it didn't mean I learned anything. And I certainly didn't learn anything about myself. I certainly didn't learn about what my gifts were and, and what uh, I was going to bring to the table and how I was going to add value to the world. That never that never happened. So I got done with my degree and had all my straight A's and went, now what? And so and I, that's all the experience for a lot of young people. And so, uh, again, started building schools, connecting with entrepreneurs around the world to do what we think is a better version of modern day education, uh, actually closer to what education looks like. It's not the same as school. Uh, and in that process also branched out, saw the war that was being taken uh, up against the young men in particular and said, you know what, we want to go to another level and, and do something for them. So my friend Tim Kennedy and I, and, and many of your listeners probably know who Tim is, um, but Tim and I decided to launch the Apogee Strong program. So we now have hundreds of young men that we mentor from around the world. We've got dads that we mentor uh, from around the world in the dads program as well. And we're off and running. Ladies are up next, but we, Tim and I happen to be males. So that was the, uh, that was the, that was the start of it all. Okay. So let's go into a little bit. Let me, there's a few things. There's a lot. I know. There's a lot, right? <laughs> well, let's back it up. So like, that's who you are. That's what you yes, stand for. So people can yes, hear that, right? Yes, ma'am. Please stop calling me, ma'am. I am not, I mean, <laughs> listen, there comes that's a point where like, that is just oh, the way we roll. My I know. It's so polite and cute. Here, it's cute. And I, I just I hit 50 and it's a little like, can you not do that? But that's okay. No, I think I appreciate it. I get it. that. And I get that. And that's part of the interesting part of this whole story, though, is why are people uncomfortable with that? Yeah. It makes you feel old. And that, but that's, isn't that a cultural thing? I call my son. I agree. I bet you're right. Seven, right. I call him, sir. He's seven years old. I call my I daughter. I called my son, sir, the same thing. I think it embodies right. like, yeah. and it is interesting. Something about ma'am yeah. is a. It's like uh, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, am yeah. I your mother? I don't know if I want to be called that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, right. it's a weird. Even though I'm turning into an elder and, but for women, there is a little bit of a different transition, but that's not what this podcast is about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's talk about, let me tell you, so the name, right? It's a strongman podcast. Mm -hmm. And I got a lot of, a lot of crap from people around that name. They, they, sure. It was really triggering. I had no idea it would yeah. trigger people. I'm like, what's the big deal, right? Mm -hmm. um, but so when I say that, right, what, what comes to your mind or how would you define what to you is like, what, how you would want to, how you want to be as yeah. a man, how you want your children to be, or what you see as yeah. what is strength in a man? Because there's a very, some very interesting definitions around this floating around. I agree, there are. And I, I tend to lean towards, um, I, I suppose, what would be somewhat of a classical definition of masculinity that ties back to character and virtues and protecting and providing and presiding and service to others, you know, servant leadership. Uh, creating other good leaders, uh, family first, shoulder as much responsibility as you can, treat other people extraordinarily well, uh, get to the point where you are as close to sovereign as humanly possible, where you're not relying on anybody or anything outside of your own control. And that's not in a myopic, selfish point of view. It is so that the 
everything can be taken care of so that you can serve others at a higher level. If I've got to worry about my own safety, my own you know ability to earn money, get food, whatever that looks like, I inherently don't serve others. I inherently turn the view back in. And I think you know, classic masculinity goes, okay, how can I be sovereign so that I can help other people get to the same place, you know, and then ultimately uh, at the end of the day, that strength also, there's a big mental component of that. There's a peace of mind in that. Uh, what the strongest men that I know have complete peace in between the years. They're not swayed by somebody else's like or dislike or opinions, or they agree with them or they don't agree with them. They're glad to have civil discourse and agree with somebody. And it's not going to ruffle their feathers. It's not going to you know, because at the end of the day, they're solid, they're doing what they believe is right, they're taking care of the people that love them the most, and that they love the most. Um, so to me, that's, that's the pinnacle that we're all that we're all after. Okay, so you went strong on the homeschooling, uh, right, avenue, kind of dealing with the system of education, mm -hmm. and like how it's failing. It's like, well, let me just go over here and make a new system. Mm -hmm. And there are some people, they like to fight the current system, right? Mm -hmm. And some people say, well, why don't we just make a new system? And some right. people say, well, we can do both kind of a thing. I think mm -hmm. there's pros and cons to all these systems and how people are sure. spending energy, right? And, but it is definitely, um, it's gained in popularity recently, right? The last few years have really been a- Skyrocketed. Yeah, a beautiful process of people reevaluating the way things have been because mm -hmm. having that pause and seeing- some of the, you know, mass corruption, lies, deceit that goes through, you know, sure. institutionalized systems. And like, wait a minute, I'm not sure this is actually how we should be doing this. And maybe we could do it a different way. Mm. Um, so I know that's one foundation of what you think are kind of causal in some of this, in this reliance and this lack of, you know, resilience, lack of big. independence that we're seeing. It's a big one. What are some other things that you would say, you know, like you're a parent and you offer, you know, you mentor dads and you mentor boys. Yeah. What are some of the highlights of what, so somebody's listening to this, you know, listening, they don't know who you are. They're like, what is this program? Sure. Sure. You know, because a part of why I did this, you know, Matt, is there's a lot of women like me were divorced or dads have bailed. So yeah. I am not, I kind of hate the word single mom. I'm, yeah. I'm not actually, I have, a, I have a father around, right? Yeah. I, he is involved. So I don't, I'm not, my son is not fatherless, mm -hmm. but being divorced is also a different nuance as well, because mm -hmm. we're not partnered sure. the same way. Right. And if we disagree, you know, we parent very different and our child goes back and forth between has had that experience of going back and forth between homes. It can be very confusing, Sure. Um, but there's a lot of women. There is no father around. And I have tons of these people as my patients. And it's a confusing place when I space when I have to explain to them, he's not you. And the, right. the, he doesn't think the same. That's right. And he does need men and we've got to help you find them. And um, they kind of, I think women in general have been trained to think so much of the masculine is bad. I'm like, no, he needs to scratch his balls and bang his chest and break <laughs> stuff. Like with a bunch of guys in the woods. Yeah. This is what they do. Like, yeah. it's okay. Just like we need to do what we do with our, with our girlfriends, you know? Yeah. And often I see too many women trying to turn their little boys into you know, such soft, gentle, we're so concerned we don't want violent men. We swing in a way we repress it and deny their very nature, which isn't violent, right? But it is 
strength and defense and protection and, and hunting and, you know, kind of this warrior spirit. So it's been an interesting thing in practice to try and convince moms to let their boys box instead of take yoga. Not that yeah. I'm against yoga, but I'm like, I'm a proponent of he needs to learn how to fight. Yeah. It's you know, true. so, true. so true. I want you to kind of like, so hearing all that, like, I want them to know about your overview or where, you know, what, when you hear that, like, what's shout out to the, the moms out there with no guys around. For sure. Like, shout out. What are they supposed to do? Well, yeah, for sure. And that's the hard, that's the question, right? Is what are they supposed to do? Because that, that is a tough situation. The fact that we've got 25% of our homes don't have fathers in them is a problem because men and women are different. And it's not discrediting the moms who are rocking it with that. It is not discrediting them by any stretch of the imagination. It doesn't change the fact though, that men and women are different. And so a young man needs to have a male example and herein starts to get into the problem because not only do we have 25% of homes that don't have a solid male, they don't have a male there period. I would argue that we could easily say there's another 25, 30, 40, 50% of young men who have a male in the household and he's not a good example of a man either. I would deeply agree. Also an issue, right? So whether he is the, you know, the the toxic side where he is violent and he does, you know, he has those kind of tendencies or whether he is just the weak side that, that uh, puts, you know, dad bod on a pedestal and he's a perpetual boy that doesn't take care of his responsibilities and wants to sit and play video games and go out with the bros and wants to be a, you know, 45 year old child. That is also not a solid example for our young men. So that's a big part of this issue altogether is we have a very big shortage of masculine role models in that definition, at least is how I defined it at the beginning of our conversation, right? So from a mom's perspective, we've got to figure out, okay, well, how do we find those role models? Are there coaches? Are there brothers? Are there uncles? Are there, you know, like, are there programs like Apogee? Are there whatever? Where, where can we, and you don't have to use Apogee. If you've got great coaches or youth leaders or something in your community, and you've got good, strong men that you can get them associated with, go there, have them as a mentor. Mentorship matters for a young man or young man. Mentorship matters. We used to have that kind of rite of passage that dad would, you know, in a lot of cultures and dad would, would take the young man through that and, and say, now you're a man. And there is correlating responsibilities with that. We've lost that as a society. We've actually created this whole, you know, I always tell people teenager wasn't even a term until 1944. Before that, that wasn't even a term. You got into your teen years, you were essentially a young man and you were expected to behave as such, meaning you are expected to work. You're expected to maybe have a job, to take on responsibility. You know, there were 13, 14 year olds commandeering ships and living out on their own for a week as surveyors. And so the capabilities, the DNA has not changed. Our expectations have changed for people in general. We hold ourselves to a much lower standard as adults and we just keep driving that standard even lower to kids. We chop them off at the knees and we go, why can't you stand up? So it is our thing to fix by get again, pointing to the real role models and then start to scaffold in the things that we were just talking about. Scaffold in responsibilities early. Scaffold in uh, 
the ability to get outside, to be healthy, to express physicality, um, which is one of the things that school does a really good job of squashing. Um, we need to allow our young men to have that physicality, to be able to have that physicality around other young men. Um, and we are so busy bombarding them with multiple things, one of which is the message of, yes, anything masculine is toxic, which by the way, creates a weakness and a softness that then gets expressed later. We like to talk about school shooters and it's the guns problem. Well, we don't talk about the fact that all those guys, almost all of them come from fatherless homes or homes with weak fathers. And they're almost all on prescription medications. We don't ever talk about that. And in fact, I think every school shooter has been on prescription meds. We don't talk about that. Right. So we are bombarding our young men with go to school early, sit, be obedient. If you're not, we're going to say it's a methamphetamine deficiency and we're going to get you on drugs early and often prescription med. Now you're a consumer of that for life. Right. And we're just trying to take all of these things out. And then when you do get home, a lot of parents are falling into the trap of going, okay. Well, and now you're at school that tells you to, to be a soft, obedient, blindly obedient, sit still, be quiet. You know, we're, we're doing that at school. And then when we get home, we're going to let you have all these other distractions where we're going to let you check off that desire to conquer and to save the princess and to slay the dragon and to go like, you want to go do all that stuff. And we're going to let you do that via video games. And so these young men then sit for hours on end, getting, again, no physical activity, not actually doing something in the real world, not doing something that's got any kind of real world consequence, but they're checking off that little DNA box of I'm doing something. And they're doing so in this ultra designed to suck, suck them in and be ultra entertaining. So now the rest of life, actual accomplishments to them in a developing brain has the noise just turned way down. I'm not interested. Right. So we've got this perfect recipe between schooling and weak parenting for apathy. And when you have an apathetic young man who has been told to be blindly obedient, he's been jabbed up and shot up with who knows how many medications. He's sitting in front of a screen all day in a virtual world. You have a ticking time bomb. And whether that ticking time bomb explodes in a way that is violent towards others or that is uh, destructive of self and of self in between the ears. And at some point, something is going to explode and we are all worse off for it. Okay, you couldn't lay that out more beautifully. I always see it in terms of the the neurochemistry, the hormones, and I could break that down to oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, all the same, you know, but that is for none of you listening need to hear all that. That is exactly the perfect storm of what we're seeing. And I love that you've taken such a strong stance against the zombification and and drugging of children for their being children. And I cannot tell you the amount of conversations I have with patients who I have to talk them out and explain to them the neurological damage they're doing by yes. making a four and a half year old sit yes. down and do homework with them Yes, from preschool, like to do their letters and numbers. I'm like, yes. what? They need to move. And they, they're boys. They're always boys, especially. He can't just, because he shouldn't be sitting. He shouldn't even be going to preschool, mama. But I get, you got to go to work and we got to deal with money and we're enslaved in this, that type of thinking. And, you know, you know, it's a very interesting thing. I get the conundrum, but it's a, that 
I don't know how it happened that everybody has been taught to think children are supposed to sit at all day at school and then come home and do all this sitting and uh, of whatever and like all movement and exploration and risk right. of any physical risk climbing a tree monkey bars whatever has been completely taken out and and everybody has fallen for it I, I really, because i haven't i mean I, like i'm like don't you guys remember what 1974 was like this doesn't make any sense yeah but it's 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 been across the board in education and smart teachers are falling for it smart principal they're all falling for it right and then well, all the parents are falling do you have any insight as to into that whole well that's rock? so that's why i call it the cult that's why i call it a cult mentality right i say i either refer to school as a game or as a cult and i refer to it as a cult again good people good humans in the system who are very very intelligent are still falling for it because think about it if you've got any intelligent human that grew up in a cult this was ingrained in them from the day they were born leaving the cult is you ever try to get somebody out of a cult right even if they leave the cult and are in a different they're like oh my gosh this is what other people do the emotional tie to that cult right the birds born in a cage think flying is an illness sort of thing right so the emotional tie to that cult is so strong so at this point we have got this experiment that has now been running over 150 years in our country. And you and I don't know anybody that's over 150 years old, which means we were all born into this generation that believes, well, school and education are the same. And this is what school just looks like. Some experts, and this is, and, and this brings back to something you said at the very beginning. You said, look, everybody knows, you know, school's broken. No, it's not. It's doing exactly what it is intended to do. People think some experts, we don't get taught to ask, why does school look the way it does? Where did that come from? What should education be for? We don't ask those questions enough as a culture. We certainly don't ask them enough as a group of educators. What are those things for? And when you look into why it was created, this was not created because some experts sat around and went, well, what is what does human development look like? What do the kids right. need to be the best versions of themselves? That's what people just kind of us blindly assume. It was actually quite the opposite. It was, okay, well, how do we get kids out of the house, out from under the guidance of their parents so that we can ultimately, the state can ultimately control their upbringing and, and the most you know, highly developmental times of their life. We're the ones programming them as they're, as they're getting older. We can program them for the factories. We can program them for obedience. We can program them to blindly obey anybody that claims authority. So, and now what happens is you get all these people that go through that system. They just are emotionally tied to that. So then they either go to work in that system and, and are now just perpetuating the cycle because this is what school is and they're doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. They want the best, but they think this is the best when it's not. Or they're not working in the system, but they're having kids of their own and they've been enslaved by those chains and they go, hey, let me start putting the chains on you too. And they start wrapping them up, right? So we've all been born in this. I don't remember who said it, but somebody said at one point, you know, it would only take a generation before, uh, it would take a generation of sending kids to school at six months of age before the entire population would believe kids would never learn to walk unless they went to school. Wow. And that's where we are in this country. 
we've got 90 some odd percent of the population that truly believes if somebody doesn't go to school that they're being hindered without taking into uh, you know uh, uh, consideration that before 1859 it's just what everybody did and people were still wildly intelligent and wildly capable and maybe even more so or so yeah they spoke more languages played some instruments knew how to make things and fix things like everybody could recite poetry verses from the bible make a chair, fix a table. I mean, it was unbelievable. We are clearly less skilled than they used to be. Clearly less skilled and clearly less happy, clearly less able to have civil discourse, clearly less uh, able to find, again, that peace of mind between the ears. Uh, so. So, Matt, we can't obviously bring to the whole like mentorship program. Let's talk about what goes on with these young men, right? What are some of the highlights, I guess, that, that you, if you had to extract, like, look, if there's one or two messages that I need you to understand, parents, yeah. and, you know, and even maybe some teens who are listening, sure, it's this. Yeah. Um, the, I guess if I'm going to highlight it, they are going to be tackling things that are actual education and not school, meaning things, meaning projects, challenges that they are given, their actual education uh, not school. What that means is the projects and challenges they are tackling are directly transferable. I think something has educational value when it's directly transferable to life now and into other areas of life, right? So it's there are things that actually move a needle forward and open doors for them to figure out who they are, where they want to go, what they want to do. So they're taking on educational opportunities and they're also meeting every week, not only with a, a, a group of other young men who are, are very much like them and pushing forward, not only on a daily basis with me and, and all, you know, through our private platform, they are meeting every single week with the best men on the planet. And so it is a consistent, and these, when I say best men on the planet, I mean, you know, one week we will have, uh, you know, a, maybe a famous actor. And then the next week it'll be a musician and then a comedian and then a Navy SEAL and then a Navy Admiral and then a billionaire CEO and then Danny Vega. And then, right. I mean, just phenomenal human beings. The through line is these are all good men who are living purpose filled lives and have stories around that and are sharing their wisdom with our young men. And then our young men are getting to ask them questions. It is the ultimate infusion of this character driven mindset with again, correlating educational projects and challenges. Uh, so you can't, if you're, if you're willing to be consistent and put in the work like any other good thing, the the outcomes take care of themselves but that's the magic sauce right as you actually have to do it i always tell parents join the best gym in town and with the best trainers and the best equipment and the best nutritional advice and the best workouts and the best programming but you don't actually go to the gym don't be surprised when nothing changes and it's the same thing yeah so let's say out of this mentorship Today's episode is brought to you by my favorite skincare line that now just brought the men's line. So yes, handsome, you can become handsomer. Check out pomifera.com forward slash Rimka. That's P-O-M-I-F-E-R-A dot com forward slash Rimka, R-I-M-K-A. 
and get the holiday collections, beautiful gift sets, as well as help the men in your life be a little prettier. The program, how long is it, does it run? The, the young men are invited to take these challenges on for 12 months. At the end of those 12 months, if they have poured into themselves, into the program, into the brotherhood, they are invited to stay in perpetuity at no charge at that point. Okay. So, so they probably people. take on a little bit of a mentorship role, even on themselves, once they've been there for a while. Helping. Once they've been there for a while, yeah, it's really neat to see we've got, you know, I have young men that have been with me now for multiple years. Um, and they take on this leadership role where they're hosting calls every week for other young men who are in the program just to go, how can I help you? How can I serve you? What can I, let me tell you how I took that challenge on. And this is what I did. And this is where this was effective. And they're still attending the calls, you know, and, and what is really cool, which wasn't the intended consequence, but one of the, the byproducts of this is I have companies now that call me almost on a weekly basis, you know, and they're like, Hey. I could shoot out something uh, something on Indeed and, and hope to get a million resumes and try to pick some arbitrary or whatever, but that's not working, man. I know the young men that you've got in there. I know the character. I know the values. Do you have any solid young men who are interested in this particular field? I'd love to take a, take a chance on them because I know what kind of guys they are and I know that they're going to show up. So that's just kind of a cool, you know, byproduct of what's happening. Yeah. So from, from that, so let's say these, you know, young men that have been there 12 months, what are some truisms? Like what's a, what's something that they would say, this is what's important. This is what, this is what I learned, like what is helping me. Cause a lot of times I'll ask men like you, I'm like, okay, what advice would you give me? But I'm like, you got a bunch of these young men that can have directly probably told you what learning this is what I needed to know. And, you know, some people, some things are so simple. Like once I learned what you know, honoring my word or being on time, you know, like that changed my life. What are some of the things that these, these young men end up taking away that is the, the foundation of what's helping moving them forward? Yeah, that's a really good question because a lot of it does come back to very simple time-tested truths, right? Like the, the treating people certain ways matters. They all say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. Like that, that is just their vernacular at this point. They're very thankful to any guest that comes on. Thank you, sir, for your time. This is my question. Um, they're very specific on how they seek mentorship. They've learned to be very specific around how to contact people uh, and how to provide value to somebody else. So in return for their time, so that they can, you know, make a, a so they can create a better network for themselves. Um, one of the things that they will always say to each other now and to new men, you know, young men that come in is follow the roadmap. And what they mean by that is um, they say, follow the roadmap and they say, fire aim ready. So fire aim ready means take a step forward and do something first. It's not ready, aim, fire, where you're going to sit and talk about the perfect plan and figure out the perfect thing. And, oh, I got I to gotta make sure I meet the per. No, move forward in the direction you think you should be moving forward in and then allow that to inform you of where to move next. Whether is that a success? Was that a failure? Did that open a door? Did that close a door? Okay, now I can aim and now I can take another step forward and to continue to do that, right? And so follow the roadmap. What they mean by that is that consistency in the long run of trying all of these things and putting your foot forward in all of these different areas 
ends up giving you the ability to create your own roadmap. So it's a it's it's all about consistency. It's the long-term consistency versus short-term, you know, intensity. And so they've all really uh, taken those kind of simple things to heart. And so they're just consistently moving forward every single day when their peers surely are not. Uh, and, you know, when you got two planes taken off at the same time and, and there's one degree of, of difference in the long run, that one degree becomes a very, very different location, you know, and that's really where they're at. I am fascinated by the program. So I'm going to keep talking to you about it, honestly, sure. um, because I have a whole host of young men that are in my mind that I'm like, okay, I know this one, this one, this one. I wonder if this is appropriate for them. Is there a certain type of young man you're looking for? Like, are they majority of your kids homeschooled or are some in public schools? Are they, where are they coming from? What, what attracts them to this? How does a parent even present it? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting mix because we have, we have home educated um, we have young men who are in public schools. We have young men who are working full time. We have we have uh, young men who do kind of um, hybrid schooling, you know, situations. So we've got a, a very interesting mix. We have some of our, you know, I worked in the Acton Academy field. I opened Acton Academies. I still help Acton Academy owners that are different types of schools. Um, we've got some that are on campus at an Acton Academy full time, but they integrate this into their personal development. Um, so we've got a big mix. And so parents are finding, you know, out about it through a number of different ways. It's usually because they like me or they like Tim um, or they know a young man now that's in the program, you know. And so um, the who is is really scattered. And we've got young men in, in, I think, 15 different countries right now, too. And, you know, that they just found out about it through social media kind of thing. And um, so the who is pretty widely scattered, but the ones that remain consistent and are uh, successful are are really wanting to not be the average young man mm. that's i wish i could say there was something more profound than that but they see it they're going man i see my counterparts just wasting their time uh, acting like children getting involved with things that i know aren't going to you know be anything that helps me in the future they they have the ability to have a little bit more of a long-term perspective knowing that there's a compound interest effect to doing the right thing at an early age uh, and they're they're wanting that you know and so I always tell parents if you are wanting it really badly but you're not willing to hold the line you don't lead actually lead from that way at home if we're going to talk growth mindset if you're not actually leading with growth mindset at home um, and your young man is fighting you on this because, well, you've just been raised in a completely different fashion. We're not going to fix anybody. That's We're not here to fix the problem of, of weak parenting. We can't. We want to partner with you. You need to be saying the same messages. Uh, and, and then we're going to light you know, your young man on fire. So when I went, um, you do have a parenting class. Now, is that one like a co-ed though? Is that one? The parenting is, yes, yes, ma'am. The parenting is, you know, we, our whole goal with Apogee is to, to eventually impact the entire nuclear family and get back to community led uh, resource centers that allow for people to, to really get back to the roots of the simplicity of what humans are capable of and should be doing all those things that we were talking about earlier. So, you know, we've got the young men's mentorship program. We've got the dad's mentorship program. 
we will get to the moms and the young ladies. Uh, ultimately, some of our dads right now are looking at launching these affiliates in their hometowns that provide boots on the ground mentorship, but they also want to put the educational piece in there. So part of what we also have right now in the virtual world is we have a home education tribe where we're bringing families through what it means to home educate, not homeschool. Homeschool is just recreating school at home. What does it mean to home educate? Uh, and we've got families from all over the world there with young men, young women, five years old to 18. Um, and then there is a specific parenting component that can be done outside of that. If you're like, I'm not going to home, I'm not interested in the home education, but we got to get things dialed in from a parenting perspective. That's what that course is about. Um, just to show, Hey, look, here's what we have seen be effective in the homes for, um, you know, people all over the world. This is what we see. Uh, Give us a little sneak of something in there that you would think, okay, if somebody like, what's one really important thing, like would help a weak parent. Like, how, I don't know if parents are like, am I a weak parent? Am I a strong parent? How do I know that? <laughs> I think, and then, yeah. Well, I think, you know, based on, I mean, you know, you, you do know based on your relationship with uh, your young hero, you know, if it stresses you out to have your, you know, if you're one of those parents is like, oh, I can't wait for them to go back to school because I can't be home with them all day. I can't, if you're having that kind of conversation, you're a weak parent because you don't have, and that's not a knock on you. You maybe are repeating the cycle of your parents and right. And you haven't necessarily known any better, but once you get alerted to it, now it's your problem to fix it. Um, so, you know, your relationship with your young hero and, and how that, you know, is it peaceful? Is it smooth at home? Not that there's nothing, not that it's a panacea, because that would be equally as dangerous, right? It's not a Stepford situation. Um, but if you, there's a good relationship there, you know. So, you know, on that parenting side, one of the first things we tackle is who the parent is. What are your fears? How do we get you out of your head of repeating these cycles? What are the things you're afraid of? What are the things that you are, because you can't be hypocritical if you are going to be the best version of yourself uh, as a parent, you can't be hypocritical, right? I can't go, oh my gosh, honey, you can be anything you want to be. You can be, you can do anything you want to do and simultaneously be going, I hate my life. I hate my job. F Mondays. No, that's called hypocrisy. They will pick that up and they will not believe you. You are already killing trust there. They're going to do what you do before they do what you say. So parents taking a look at themselves first is a big part, right? And then we dive into some more of the tactical strategies of things like creating um, family meetings and family mission statements and actual family contracts that become a, a lens through how you uh, view the world and, and specifically checking in on these various things, getting everybody on the same page so that you now become, instead of the authoritative to do this because I say, well, no, you're leading by example. Now you've got a, a person in this relationship with, you're a guide, you're a mentor to them because you have more experience, but a guide and a mentor is also willing to say, ah, I'm not living up to that contract. I blew it here. And if I get called out on it respectfully, I'm going to change. Right? And then you have joint missions together and things that you are tackling together. There's vision casting. So um, it's all those, you know, it, that we take sometimes uh, what sounds like somewhat more of a almost a corporate leadership approach, right? To creating almost a family business, family unit, but in a very healthy way. And people go, oh, gosh, man, well, that that kind of that level of discipline around that is very impersonal. 
And it's, man, I'll tell you, we've got that level of structure and discipline here for our family. And it's made it only so much more personal. Like conversations are easy. You know, there is nothing weird. There's nothing that's off the table. We all know what everybody is doing when we're doing it. We all know how we're viewing all the situations. We all know each other's goals and dreams and hopes, and we're supporting each other and getting there. And that includes my kids supporting themselves, you know, and, and real leadership starts to take place, man. It is a beautiful freaking thing. Yeah. I can see here, you know, it, it, it conjures up. I loved reading little house in the prairie, all those books to my yeah. son. Was yeah. about, you know, nighttime things and his wonder at how it was and in the, the conversations we would have where really old farm life, you know, the family was kind of a little corporation. You were a business, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and everybody participated in animal care and plant care and all the work that had to be done. Like right. wasn't, you guys are going to go over there and play Scrabble while I go fix a roof. You're coming up on the roof and learning how to fix a roof. Do this so together. Have yes. a skill, right? And it was very together. And, um, and, you know, I was reading it. I'm like, God, this, as we're, there's some harsh things to that and there's work involved. There's sure. a lot of beauty and connection that goes into it that we've, the comfort of life of technology has taken away opportunities for us to have to be connected. Right. You know, there's so much right. digital babysitting or digital outsourcing um, versus, you know, no, we all have to do laundry. So everybody get your stuff together and we're all doing it. You know? you know what I mean? Like, even if it's, even if you aren't on a farm and you're in a house, there's still we all did stuff my mother didn't just do everything we all had to do it and it was an expectation when she came home like it was done (laughs) now we're doing everything and i think some of it is what i've looked at with men and strongman podcasts and why so many men are not rising to that and needing mentorship it's like we went from providing and protecting and shouldering responsibility and making your you know, traditional wife and children comfortable was a source of pride. It became how comfortable can I be? So I can, I'm never going to fix my car. I'm never going to cut my grass. I'm never going to fix my roof. Like it became anything doing labor became like bad. Like, so nobody knows how to use a hammer anymore. Nobody knows how to, you know, it's like, you just pay people to do everything. And that's a sign of a, of a strong, powerful man. Cause he's got a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Right. And there was this shift. You can just look at like, God, guys can't do anything anymore. <laughs> like they don't even know how to change flat tire. Like, wow. Um, right. And I think this past couple of years has highlighted that really strongly. And it's always a running joke of, you know, when we're getting ready for the zombie apocalypse, I'm like, I don't really care about that. Like, can you cut down a tree and like, go get me some meat? If you can't do that, I'm not sure we're going to be a good fit. You know, it's like sure. suddenly men and women are looking at each other like, I don't know can you hunt and are you fertile? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a very different yeah. cool thing of like, hmm, it's, it's, I think we should going back. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. And so how do we bring, you know, for me, I look at it like, look, I'm not trying to go back to 1944. I really am not, you know, I like air conditioning. Right. I'm like, okay. And I like that I can vote. Right. Or whatever, it, which is a joke, but that's a side note. Right. And so how do we bring the old into the new and merge where we are going, honoring, hey, this is where we are. Um, But there's a lot of confusion and chaos where, I don't know, these children have to look at ads that say men have periods. That's so. You know what I mean? As a woman, I'm confused by that myself. So I, I refuse to play 
I refuse to play anybody else's game. Um, that's why I built schools for my kids, you know, and, and parents don't want to take on that level of responsibility. I love the must be nice to, you know, and I did a post about that the other day because I get that all the time. It must be nice to, you know, if, have a farm. Uh, most people can't afford it. Yeah, you're right. I lived in my car and had to go put groceries back on the shelf because my card was declined because I had, you know, 47 cents in my bank account. So, yeah, I remember that very clearly. Uh, must be nice to uh, have a school for your kids and then be able to home educate. Uh-huh. It was, and it is. And I also worked seven days a week for almost a decade, multiple jobs to make all of that a reality. So yeah, it must be nice, but I worked to make sure that that nice was a possibility, you know? And so as far as getting back to this, you know, I refuse I don't play anybody else's game on this. That's where I go back to that sovereignty piece. My ultimate goal for my family first. I want it for everybody, but I don't love anybody as much as I love my family. So they're going to get it first. And then I'm going to try to help other people get it. Is that sovereignty? I don't want to depend on anybody else for anything that I don't have to. Do I like the you know current comforts? Of course I do. Of course. You bet. But I also understand. I pay attention to where the world is going. Do I think I'm always going to necessarily be allowed to just go to the store to get food anytime I want? Maybe not. Maybe I will, but maybe I won't. And if I won't, then what? So I'm going to go ahead and prepare for the then what? Will I always be able to have, uh, you know, refrigeration and electricity and all? Maybe, but maybe not. So if not, what do I want to do on the farm? How do I get ourselves set up so that I just, I don't have to, you know, I'm, I'm living life proactively versus reactively, but people don't want to take that level of thought to most things, nor do they want to take the correlating amount of work that comes after it to actually ensure that you are okay. Yeah, That's the hardest part. It is. There's, and throughout this thread, you know, the, what I keep hearing is the word discipline mm-hmm. and it's a, word i don't know why people don't seem to know how what the definition of it is and they get it very confused with motivation or passion or inspiration all these really fluffy words that people want a magical feeling to blow up into them to actually do something i'm like actually you don't need any feeling having discipline is irrelevant of your emotions that's the whole thing and i think that's where you know, there's so much focus on follow your bliss and your passion. I always felt like, I don't like any of those words with my patients. I'm like, look, that's, that's actually really stressful. Well, let's, let's, let's boil it down to some simpler basics and teaching them ultimately, if they can never trust themselves, like they yeah. talk about, like if, if your children can't trust you, yeah. they know that, like it's because you can't trust yourself yeah. and you're not using any discipline to honor your word. You don't do what you say and say what you do. Not because you feel like it or don't feel like it. I, I could care less why I'm, you know, and so for you, well, I heard that it's like, well, he was disciplined. He knew exactly. what he wanted and he did it regardless of my feelings. Non-negotiables yeah. to get there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I talked so to Aaron. I know time-wise, you know, we got to go for you. So for somebody that's hearing all that, like, okay, this, this mom's in an apartment with two kids. You might have even a husband. They're like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to get to that. I don't even know if I want a farm, right? Like, I'm not sure I'm trying to get to where Matt is. Sure. What's a baby step? What's a way they can say, but I want good children of character that are into adults that are contributing and are self-reliant. What should we be doing? Where can we start 
to get on this journey. Yeah. You always start with you. That's what people don't want to hear. They want to start with what do I do to the kid, right? What do I do to them? Well, the best thing you can do to them is to make the environment right. I always, I liken it to you're growing a, you're growing a flower. And if you are growing a flower, you don't have to do a bunch of things to the flower, yell at it, beat it, make sure that you don't do that. You make sure the soil is right. You make sure the amount of water is right. Not too much, but enough. You make sure the sunlight is correct. You make sure there's no weeds around and the flower is going to grow. The flower is going to do exactly what a flower is supposed to do. So you as a parent are responsible for the environment that that flower is growing in. You are part of that environment. So you need to make sure you have got you together. What is your chief definite aim for moving yourself forward? What is the thing that would be the biggest game changer for you? Is it I need to make more money? Is it I need to get my relationship with my spouse dialed in? Is it I need to get my health back on track and lead by example that way? Uh, What is that chief definite aim for you? So start there, lead by example, and then just invite your kids to watch and to come along with you. It's the most simple way. Yeah. To... I, I love Not easy, it. but simple. Uh, right. And that's a, do you know, Tom Shea, the Navy SEAL? I think, did you bring him on? Ever? I do know who that is. Somebody else just mentioned him to me. So I'm, I have oh, never, we seen... need to talk to Tom so I can introduce you. So he's, Please. I'm doing a, like a leadership training with him thing with him right now. It culminates tomorrow on my big physical uh, unbreakable. Oh, very cool. Time. I've got his yeah. website up on my, on my He's computer. amazing. I'll, I'll text you guys if you want. Oh, um, and, you know, he's really amazing. I think he'd be a great addition to the program. Very cool. And it, it, it's just, it's, um, it, for him, it's three simple things. Everything's simple. You know, Navy SEAL, 23-year Navy SEAL actively deployed. He's right. like, and none of this stuff, y'all overcomplicate everything. We have to break it down really simple in the SEAL team. Very much so. Same boring thing. Oh, no, y'all quit. Wait. So his whole thing is you quit too soon. You're right. Oh. And we just do the same simple stuff. Simple but not easy. He probably texts me that every three days. He's like, how's the blah? I'm like, oh, and he's like, yeah, it's told you it's simple. It's not wow. easy. You know, and that's really what it comes down to. We're like, pick something, go at it consistently and don't quit. That's, that's I think, ultimately that discipline of people quitting so soon, but that's really most people I've been, it comes down to, Hey, you know, work on you. And they're, they're always watching. That's what I tell like, you know, they're always watching and they're always seeing everything we're doing. And so you know, you talk bad about yourself, they're going to say that's what the normal way to do. You're not, you don't live your, you don't go after what you want. You don't risk anything. That's what they're going to think is normal. You right. Know? That's exactly you're, right. You're yelling and screaming. They're going to think that yelling and screaming that's is how we do things around here. You know? Yeah. You make, you make normal, you establish yeah. the baseline of normal for them and that how it plays out up here too. You're establishing that. Yeah, they are, they are, well, and they are neurologically wired to watch you. They are mirroring and they think because biologically they came out of you, this is success. I'm supposed to do that. So right. if you're mentally slow, physically slow, financially slow, not where you want to be, that's what they think is there. That's what they build themselves hardwired into neurologically. It's a, it's a real physiological biochemical issue that I don't think everybody quite understands. I would do anything for my kids. Really? Because you don't work out. You don't, I mean, you're a drunk. You would do anything. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure that's really, I would die for my kids. How about you live for your kids? Exactly. That's the the post that I put out there a while ago that went 
bananas. It's exactly, it said exactly that. It's a weird concept. We, you're like, right. Like, and and especially I know for women, we often consider it selfish. You know, that's like mm -mm. me becoming healthy, strong, mentally capable, physically capable. Obligation. Yeah. And showing him I'm putting this much time into myself because it's important. I'm still growing at 50. I'm not done. You know, and neither are you, you know what I mean? This is how it is. Right. And right or wrong. And it's like, it does start with me. And I'm like, well, I could definitely grow my relationship with my son. These, these young man years are a different beast than five, six, seven. And um, I'm, I'm actually personally, I'm like, like, I think I want to take his parenting thing. Like, this looks really cool, Matt. I'm, I'm really excited about what you're up to in the world. So I want to make sure people know about it. Tell them where they can go to find out about all this. We'll put everything in the description, but go ahead and let's tell them. I appreciate it. Yeah. And then I'll have to jump off for my young men of Apogee Strong. Um, if they were interested in the mentorship program, apogeestrong.com. Um, if it's the on the education side, educatingmoderndayheroes.com is the home education tribe. Raisingdragonslayers.com is the parenting side. Uh, and you can always reach out to me, I'm on, I'm pretty active on Instagram at just my name at Matt Baudreau. Um, I'm always willing to get back to anybody and everybody and help however I can. And we will have everything down in the description, you guys, at the podcast, and you can reach out to him or me in my office if you didn't get that information. Uh, thank you so much, Matt, for what you're doing for your family and all these young men and these, and these dads in the world. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks. On behalf of the woman, I, I, I personally feel safer knowing you're out there doing that. I appreciate that. Honor is always mine. Thank awesome. you. Thank you.